Hi, I'm Amy Tian Yi Zhao, a Chinese living in America, and I'm Meg, an American who married into a Chinese family. We're the host of the Spark, a podcast that explores what it means to traverse between cultures, interrupt barriers, and create connections. 大家好，我们是火花电台，一档致力于打破文化边界，偶尔以中英双语录制的播客节目。欢迎你和我们一起用对话启迪思想。I'm tired, but I'm good. <laughs> I know I'm super tired too. I feel like it's it's a long week. It is. It is. And I are you guys super busy towards the end of the summer, or you guys are also just you know getting ready just at the same pace? Because for us, we are getting ready for the general assembly in September. Oh right, yeah. I feel like everything is kind of like getting. It's slowly moving into the cadence of what it will be in the fall. I think. Yeah. So just kind of like that coasting into the fall right now. Yeah, it's already. Oh my god. Well, we are recording on the last day of August, and yes. tomorrow, once we wake up, once you're hearing this episode, it will be in September. And、uh, we have been very proudly saying that we have been maintaining a really good pace to update. Either weekly or biweekly for the episode. So proud, very proud of us. Woohoo! I think so. I think our being tired and then like productivity really ties in nicely.、Um, yeah. With our topic today, tired might be like, huh? Like you might be thinking, like, how does that tie in? But I think when we get into it, I have.、Um, A likening for the topic that we're going to talk about today, because it will hopefully save me from more tired days in the future.、Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's so interesting because by this hour yesterday, I just came up with what we should talk about today. It's just a random topic, but because you sent me an email yesterday, and it was an email. If you don't know, we publish our weekly episode on Substack, which is a hosting platform, and that is based in the U.S. But we also、uh, upload individual episodes、uh, from my end to different. Chinese platform. Regardless,、uh, Meg sent me an email yesterday, and the content of email was basically saying that right now Substack has this function to use AI to、uh, do the trans transcript. And I know it's nothing new because、uh, we we were do- using like Wave、um, something before Wave, right? That's what it's called. Yeah,、um, but it wasn't like, like the, the little thing. No, it was it was not, it was, and it was, it was yeah like a blurb. But it, you can already generate、uh, subtitles, a、uh, transcript, transcript using that platform. So having、mm-hmm. AI、uh, embedded in the Substack platform will mean significantly for us and other creators,、um, and that inspired me somehow because, as we all know, we're all kind of in the space of creativity. And Meg is she's a full time. You can talk a little bit about your work, day to day work more. But、uh, as far as my interpretation and my understanding that you are,、uh, your whole career is that you're a creative person, you're a storyteller, you're a brand maker, and、um, so the effect of AI and productivity. I have zero research done for this episode, by the way, from <laughs> the moment that I came up with this idea to to right now. But I'm just genuinely curious to talk about it. Like, how、yeah. 
how it can affect our lives and as creatives and combining with you know the strike in the hollywood um how do we as two mm-hmm. individuals who are uh kind of in the industry ha <laughs> that that sounds serious um perceive <laughs> this <laughs> yeah advancement oh yeah you know I, for those of you who may not know and think that podcasting is easy and it takes little effort, that is not the case. Like Amy and I, the reason why it has been challenging in the past to be consistent with the spark and to pump out content on a, on a regular basis and have a full social media calendar running at all times with video clips or no video clips or whatever, or blurbs, or we're doing all of that work on our own. We don't have a team. We don't have a producer. Like Amy is the producer and I'm working on content and brand management and all of that. Like we're doing it all on our own. So, and it's a lot of work, like on top of our full-time jobs, but it's a passion project that we choose to spend our time on. And so when I saw this email, yesterday, I was like, yes, because that implementation of AI into the platform in which we publish the spark out of now, um, is going to significantly improve the speed at which we can produce an episode, um, between the two of us. And that's where like, just that example alone, I think that's where AI is so revolutionary in being able to have technology that basically acts as a personal assistant or an employee that you actually don't have to hire um, for tasks like transcribing, for example, of spoken conversational content and helping on, on those fronts and like taking notes or whatever, like things that you would normally think like, an assistant would do, or like something that you would hire out as like a quick, like one and done job. That's pretty monotonous. Um, I think AI is just revolutionary on that front, but then Mm -hmm. there's other topics that you did bring up where I don't think, especially like being a creative and working in a field where my creativity is what I am paid for when it comes to writing, when it comes to brand management, when it comes to all sorts of things, um, in that realm, I, I think the question is, is what do we want technology to replace and what Mm -hmm. do we want to hold sacred? Because I read, I was actually talking with a painter, um, Mm. just a couple weeks ago about, AI and how it's revolutionized things. And I was telling him about this, uh, it was a meme on social media about something about like, isn't it interesting how we've employed AI to do the most beautiful things in life, like create art and produce writing when those are the very essence of who we are as as beings. And we shouldn't be using AI to, to replace things like art and creativity. We should use AI to take care of all the monotonous tasks that take up our time from not being, and then not having any time left over to do things like Mm -hmm. create art and write. And Mm -hmm. so I think there's two ways where 
the world can go right now. And I hope that we get our wit about ourselves and not allow AI into the sacred space of, I think, what the art, the umbrella of art covers, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, before going further, we do want to tell us a little bit about your daily job and how you incorporate AI and, you know, the tools such as ChatGPT, because I remember that we talked about ChatGPT a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and my question is, do you think that has undermining the value of your work and do you feel threatened? And then you said, absolutely not. And then do you want to mm -hmm. tell people a little bit about how you incorporate those little things in your work? Yeah. So this might be counterintuitive, but as a copywriter, as a writer in general, I don't feel threatened by AI. I feel liberated. Um, yeah, that's what you told me. And I found it so fascinating. Yes, because, and I'll explain why. So I, I should take it back to the beginning when I started messing around with this stuff in the first place, which was back at the beginning of the year. Um, I had met up with one of my um, longtime mentors who works in the PR industry. And she and I were having dinner and she was sharing with me about, uh, she's worked for very large corporations like Microsoft and uh, L'Oreal and those sorts of companies um, in the industry for years. And she was telling me about this article that she came across of all the different ways that marketers can implement AI immediately to protect their time around being creative basically. So whether that's coming up with using AI to come up with strategies, using AI to come up with interview questions, using AI to come up with, um, SEO, like best practices and keyword lists or things like all those little tasks that, uh, really are super time consuming and tedious and marketing. Um, I don't know if I said it, but I do work, do work in the field of marketing as a copywriter, um, and anyways, so just being able to utilize it in a way that allows us to get back to the things that we really want to be working on, like the fun stuff, like having conversations with people and writing really fun, long form pieces and not spending a ton of time on keyword research or like this, I, for, for example, like I really don't like strategizing. I, I, I can't stand it. Like I can do it, but I don't, I don't want to be spending my time on that, you know? Um, so it's super empowering. So this article that she showed me, I mean, we just started going through it and she said, think of the possibilities. If you can eliminate the amount of time it takes to do these monotonous tasks, think about, especially as a freelancer too, think about how much money you can make. If you're being mm -hmm. able to like, expedite your time, your hourly rate goes up. And that just got me thinking. So ever since then I started playing with chat GPT, like I was immersed in it. And one of my friends, um, her and I, we just started, we just did a deep dive. We, we spent like three hours one evening at a, like a restaurant, just like messing with it. Then we like would, you know, mess with it some more, like just, a, I don't know, a few days later. And now in my professional job, I am the brand voice for a $90 million construction company. And I have been encouraged in my job 
to use AI to expedite things like blog posts that are really just content fodder to help us rank on Google and different things like that so that I can spend my time in these really like more meaningful projects that I can actually sit down and take the time it needs to take to be super creative and to really get into deep work because these smaller time, really time consuming tasks that don't, they have impact, but the places where I could be spending my time in deep work would have a larger impact. Those can be eliminated with a faster approach through AI. Then I can make double the impact in, in half the amount of time. And Mm -hmm. so I have been nothing but empowered as a writer. Also like with, with my, my nine to five being expedited with AI in those, cause it used to take me so much longer. I'd have to write the content fodder and the pieces that would rank on top of the long form work and the, and the really meaningful work in my full-time job, which would take up all my, all my time. But now that I'm able to expedite like some of those processes, I'm able to spend more time on the things that I truly love outside of work too. Like we're talking like field notes, for example, in this podcast and being able to work on other creative pursuits or simply be able to not feel guilty about taking a walk with my dog, you know? So, um, yeah, that's been the impact on my career, um, as a copywriter, as a writer and in marketing. And it's been, I, I, I'm so excited for what the future holds. I just hope we're, we're, we continue. I am using it for the things that feel appropriate to use it for. And I hope that the rest of the world like is in the same mindset where we're not. Cause remember in the beginning, when this all first started coming out, people were like AI generating paintings and doing it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not the stuff that we want to be using this for like paintings and personal writing and art in general are the fingerprints that we leave behind after we're gone. And if we leave mm-hmm. AI to make, to create those things, our fingerprints are erased from history. So we really need to think about that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but I'm curious on your end with what you do, because I, f- I feel like AI is kind of touching everyone in some way, mm-hmm. shape or form. And I'm curious, has it touched your nine to five job? Yes. So I barely know the real definition of AI other than that it represents artificial intelligence. So if I use the word interchangeably, please uh, forgive me on that. For me, AI is just computer uh, things that uh, can, it's just artificial intelligence, chat GPT, something like along that line. That is my limited understanding of what AI is. Um, And if you are talking about that, my understanding of the AI is very limited. I will tell you a little bit more about the industry that I'm working in. <laughs> um, so I work in uh, international relations diplomacy, work in a very big international organizations, um, namely the United Nations. Now, the United Nations is definitely a part of it. Uh, Agency-wise, there are a lot of agencies inside of the UN, and there's also a lot of subsidiary 
bodies inside of the UN that are at the forefront of technology innovations. And they, there are a lot of research that have been done that is issued by the United Nations and beyond. So I would say um, that, you know, there are cutting edge research and um, data uh, and data collection analysis processes that have been going on inside of the UN. However, given how big the institution is and how historical it is to implement it systematically, um, it's a nightmare and almost impossible. It took yeah. it forever to actually transition to the internet to use computer and now there is still an archive inside of the UN. So I think it is not a very alienating issue. It is um, it is for any organization such as a school or, you know, a museum for institutions like that. It's always very difficult to be completely uh, transitioned into a new era. I'm now talk going back to where I work personally. I really wanted to talk to you about this because I remember I texted you that I have to talk about this issue because I literally just printed emails out. And yeah. there's a reason why email is called emails. It's because right. it's on the computer. You do not have to print it out. But that yes. is, I think that is a good example of, um, again, not complaining. I'm just saying that people have different tolerance and different acceptance on, on this new age. Let's not even talk about AI. We are talking about technology. Even nowadays, whenever we start a very official speech, we still praise how amazing Zoom is um, that we can yeah. talk from like two different places. And that's still how a lot of the speech, uh, speeches were constructed uh, with. So wow. the pillar of the speech. So, you know, it's, it's um, I think, you know, going back to, to the field that I mean, it's very old school and it has its charm because of a, it's old school. You know, those films that are so old or that is almost Indian cool again, that yeah. is kind of like the area that I'm in because these, um, the people that I'm work with and the area that I'm work with, work in are so old school and like classy in a very old sense yeah. um, that it's like, you might well just carry a feather pen. I swear to God, I saw that before. <laughs> like actually I saw inks before. So, um, oh my goodness. <laughs> So I, I just really, you know, there are certain different waves and um, of acceptance and, you know, our parents didn't, like your parents probably growing up in the US, they're more, you know, they have TV growing up and stuff like that. But all of our parents, when they were young, there's no internet, there is no TV. And then, well, some of them have TV, like my parents didn't have TV until they were like 18, 19, something like that. So, um, so I guess for AI for them it's very very difficult to contemplate um, until um, I don't even know until but you know what is really also really interesting I feel like that's not I've been answering this question for like the past ten minutes but another observation that I made is ChatGPT is the first AI tool that uh, made people that are older accept AI in a very, very natural way. Mm. Like Microsoft, Words, Excel, these out of the question, email is too difficult. But ChatGPT, when you type something into a window and that responds to you, that is easy. Yeah, it's user-friendly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. That's an interesting point. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I I wonder if I mean with just how be- how behind organizations and institutions like the UN are when it comes to technology. I don't I I wonder if that will ever change. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. I'm not sure that it ever will. I mean, cuz I cuz like what you were saying like there is that element of nostalgia almost for yeah. having some sort of like there, there is a charm to it. And I wonder if that's part of the culture in a way. I, I think it is now, but you know, the institution was, or was designed after the second world war to prevent the third world war from happening. So right. it used to be forward looking and it is Why? still very forward looking, you know, it, it has a yeah. research. They're still the smartest people are doing things like agenda 2030 sustainable development goals. All of these are forward looking, but to incorporate it within internally i think it's it's just somehow very difficult it's easier for it to use it as a solution uh to other problems in other parts of the world but to change it systematically within uh, somehow very very difficult mm-hmm. um it's difficult but also you think about it like is it even necessary right i think that's right. another issue um because we don't work in a creative space, but I did start using ChatGPT to write former emails and it's so speech. Handy for that. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why? But not? then while I'm doing it, I was thinking, hmm, if I can do that, then that's kind of like eighty percent of my job. <laughs> but at the same time, I love that you brought that up because at the same time, like mm-hmm. I thought about this in my line of work too you still have to have a knowledge and understanding of how to program it to get what you want out of it. And not everyone can do that. Yeah. You kind not, of have it, to, yeah. it's like you, you have to know what you're doing to get the results you want. Like, I mean, for, for example, like in marketing, you have to like basic marketing, you have mm-hmm. to know what you're, what you're asking for. If you don't have a basic, like if you don't have a baseline understanding of marketing and even like, especially for higher level stuff too, if you don't, if you don't have a higher level understanding of marketing for yourself that you've learned and understood, then you don't really know what to ask it for. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like there's, there's power in being able to prompt it. Yeah. And I think it's, I was reading an article on Elon Musk today on the New Yorker and there's a sentence that he said, um, I think it's actually right. He said that, you know, the most important thing is to ask the right question. Once the question yeah. is right, the answer is not far away. Now that I'm praising him as a person or anything, it's just that specific sentence uh, strike me in a way that I was maybe now and then it's so interesting because I was reading about how AI have changed the jobs of creatives of the creatives and people say that before they use 30 minutes to come up with the content and now they use 20 minutes to edit the content <laughs> that AI yeah. comes up with so you can't say it's counterproductive because you know you, you but your role did shift from one to the other and then I just um i think you know it's 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 cool to 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 increase the productivities but sometimes i i'm not i'm not against it definitely but i do wonder how good are we telling the differences from machine 
and human creations because I don't think I can at a certain point I look at the thing I couldn't tell you know those like AI generated poems and stuff I couldn't tell and that's scary to me like like I said before like when it comes to things like poetry or it comes to whatever because I don't know I don't think that AI should be touching those sorts of things but then like also it's important to talk about too the limitations of AI I mean Mm -hmm. if you think about I will never ever ever publish a personal piece of writing that AI has even touched in the slightest Mm. of form ever like AI will never touch my personal writing my my work like anything that I publish like absolutely not like when it comes to anything like that that's just way too that's a fingerprint you know I don't want it touching that Mm. I only like for me personally I only let it touch things that I mean I care about everything I do but I only let it touch things that don't really require that personal touch you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and you brought up earlier the writer's strike in Hollywood and yes I think that's a really important layer to talk about because AI, like I don't want to be as a consumer of media and content. I do not want to be consuming AI generated Netflix shows. I don't want to be consuming AI generated movies. And I'm worried we're headed in that direction. Like the value Mm -hmm. of the writer has been cheapened in society's eye because they think, oh, well, we can just eliminate, like, basically we don't have to value human creativity, which human creativity is so important. Like it's gotten us this far. And like, for example, if you think about a movie, like everything, everywhere, all at once, like, Mm -hmm. do you think that AI could have put that together? Like, I don't think so. I, that's wild. Like only a human could like create a masterpiece like that, you know? And weave all that together. And like that comes from the human mind and AI. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know what you mean. And you know what is so interesting because I I always agree. We always are in sync and agreeing, but here is like to, to stir up the conversation, the intrusive thought of mine. Yes. Uh, People are going to hate it, but I uh, completely agree that human value should never be even human human creativity it should always be on top of the food chain and it should be respected and valued Mm -hmm. but i sometimes wonder especially when the when the um hollywood strike took place i was just thinking that it sucks for the artists whose face might be replaced by ai generated people but yeah uh, scary but they are replaceable. The thing is like, AI is not trying to, again, this is very different from the majority of the opinion. I, I, it's not that I'm agreeing with it, but I'm just thinking that why would, why would someone even do that in the first place? Because there is a chance that AI could be as good to the point that we wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And is that really undermining the value of human creativity or it, where it put it into like a pedestal where you will have to be better like human have to be better mm, uh, yeah, because like essentially we are pushing us like right now and that maybe it will increase the value of true human creations because now if everything normal like normal um 
actors and or, or actresses like back actor actresses can be replaced by computer then doesn't mean the real acting skills are held to a higher standard you know what i mean yeah but then i think like also like it, going back to draw a parallel with like the charm of the un still kind of being behind like if you were presented to movies where one was AI generated and one had real actors and like real mm -hmm. acting went into it, which one would you choose? I don't tell me. I would prefer if you don't tell me because I think it's my reaction will always be human reaction. And that's something that I value. Like your creation is your creation, but my reaction will always be human generated because I'm not, not a robot. But, and I think that's essentially the, the very uh, confusing and deceiving part of it is that they, the, the producer and the big companies and those commodities, is that even the right word? Those companies don't even, th those brands don't have to tell you. But so in one way, they undervalue, they undermine the value of human creativity. But on the other hand, maybe we just really couldn't tell. I don't know. It's kind of scary, isn't it? It is. You know, one thing though that I do, I gave a, uh, I went back to my old university back in, um, well, my alma mater back in February, and I was asked to give a guest lecture um, on what I do as a copywriter. And the last part of my presentation was about AI and like where it's headed. And I told the students, I said, have you heard of this? have you played around with it? I said, if you're planning on going into marketing, which all of you should be, since you're sitting here in this classroom, you need to get familiar now. But I did tell them, I said, marketing, like in business. And I think this translates over to things like Hollywood, for example, as well, is that in order to connect with people, the goal of marketing as a, as a facet of business is to connect uh, businesses with humans, sometimes humans to other humans and the whole nine yards. You, it is literally impossible to execute that connection in the best way possible without empathy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. AI does not have empathy. So mm. if you remove, like, yes, you can create all this great content. You can you can create art, you can create writing, you can create movies and shows and whatever, but because AI does not have empathy, I think the whole facade falls pretty fast. Like mm -hmm. a show like Ted Lasso could not be written by AI. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it, but like that show, no, like, connects. but I heard it's really good. Oh my God. It's my favorite show ever. Like it is the way the feeling I get when I watch that show, I feel like I am seen, loved, and heard all at once. And somebody is coming in the room and giving me the biggest hug and recognizing my humanity. Mm -hmm. And AI can't do that because AI is literally incapable of, of empathy. Like, mm -hmm. and so like as a marketer, as a copywriter, like you can, you can get pretty far with it for sure. Yeah. But if you want to actually connect with an audience, if you want to be successful, empathy cannot be removed from the equation. I agree that I, that I agree, but I have a question going along with that. I completely agree that empathy cannot be replaced or even, you know, it, it can never be 
a computer generated. However, there is a direction that we're saying, or or like a way of thinking that oh, maybe we're just not there yet. Maybe there is emotion inside of the machine. So. That's a little bit of more ethical, moral part of it. So whatever we say doesn't really count.、Um, but personally speaking, do you think that that should be a, a direction for discovery for us to push further and to see how far machines can can be empathetic? I personally would say no. I think we should、mm-hmm. be careful. And we're hearing from we're hearing from the. The greatest minds of our time right now that、yeah. we—they're cautioning us to be careful, because as we know, when an algorithm gets out of control, it gets out of control, and algorithms reach a place where they cannot be stopped. So,、mm-hmm. human intervention can't do anything, and we have to be careful with something like artificial intelligence when we're talking about intelligence in general, like. What does that mean? What、mm-hmm. we have to be responsible with it.、Mm-hmm. I think there's a responsibility that comes with it, and that's where to tie it all back again is where it is a little bit frightening、mm-hmm. that our institutions of power across the world are a little bit archaic and behind. Our lawmakers themselves, as human beings, are a little bit archaic and behind. Um, when it comes to technology, because I think that there does need to be, there already has before AI. There, there has been a huge need for laws around technology,、mm-hmm. um, and there simply are none. I mean, there we're working on it, but it's not happening fast enough. It's technology is outpacing、um, the ways in which our government and society catches up, and、mm-hmm. AI is especially. Dangerous. There, it's a、mm-hmm. double-edged sword. There's so many wonderful things about it, and there are so many dangerous things about it. And I think I would be very cautious to push it to see how far、mm-hmm. it can go, because ultimately, in the end, and this is what some of the greatest minds of our time are saying right now, is that like it's a threat to us as、mm-hmm. a species, and as you know. It's a threat to humanity if used in the wrong way.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I, you know, what is what I've been thinking is, and the part of the main reasons why I don't like it is not because how powerful it is, but on the contrary, is how powerful it is. Yeah. To and how, what did I just say? But you know, because I don't like this is again this is not a new phenomenon. Uh, it happens whenever there's a new technology or anything that's being introduced to a whole generation. It happens all the time. This is all new, but whenever there's a new thing that's being introduced, immediately there there are two groups of people: people who get it and people who don't, and、yeah. which is completely fine. But when getting it becomes the only job, and the only jobs that are valued, I think that is more concerning and also.、Um, Unhealthy because, like, there are people that are inc- incredibly smart, like you said, the greatest mind of our times, and there's also just people like us who barely get it, and then there are people who are worse than us who <laughs> don't know what's going on. So,、yeah. it, and then in that sense, I think it undermined、um, a little bit of the value of human, even、yeah. though, like in 
maybe in how the Hollywood or um, in crafts, it, 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 it held human to a higher standard and make it more expensive, make human art more expensive in comparison to automatically generated. But, but at the same time, once the world is so black and white, once there's only insiders and outsiders, um, I don't like, because w w the reason why I mention it is because in Asia, uh, in a lot of people that uh, that I know now, you have to use, you are asked that you have to use AI and ChatGPT in order to finish your work because companies are trying to catch up. So you have to use it. Mm. Now, that undermines the meaning of a lot of people's work because a lot, that's not, I, I just, it, it seems like there are only two kinds of jobs now job that is related to it and jobs that are not related to it is that how it's supposed to be i don't know it's such a right. dichotomy now well and the other thing too that i think i have a hair in my mouth um excuse me it's all good <laughs> um but the other thing that i think we have to think about too is like are we still so attached like especially in america why what is the value of still being so, so attached to the traditional mm -hmm. capitalistic society? Like, I think in the sense of like, I mean, okay, think about where we have been and where, like where we've, what we've gone through in the past almost four years now. Okay. We had a global pandemic. People did not go to offices anymore. And like, we realized that wow, actually people could work from home and people could have more flexibility in their day. And it actually could be better for society and everyone's well-being. If like, cause the, the traditional nine to five schedule came from the industrial revolution when we were working, when machines disrupted everything and we were trying to increase productivity with machines and we needed people to be focused and be in a certain place at a certain time in a certain window of time to operate that for maximum productivity. But we've gotten to a place where technology once again has changed the game just as machines did back then, which those machines, those physical machines were a form of technology back then. And now we're moving into a place where technology and like the digital age has once again changed everything. I would say we had the industrial revolution. Now we're having the digital revolution and we've been in it for a while. Mm -hmm. And we are still applying the rules of operating of the industrial mm -hmm. revolution to the digital revolution. And the two don't match. I think, can we as a society let go of that mindset and that almost power and control around people's lives to mm -hmm. actually build a better world where yes, AI is helpful and it's shortening people's time in which they do their job functions. Mm -hmm. But could it be a better world if people could get their jobs done in less time? which we already saw during the pandemic, like, yeah. and I noticed this transition when I first started working from home almost like six years ago now is that I could do my job in four hours. I didn't need eight mm -hmm. hours to do my job. And yeah. I've always done my job well, executed what I need to get done on time. Like there, it, as if I had spent eight hours in the office, but I only need four. Mm -hmm. And with AI now, maybe I only need two sometimes. Mm -hmm. Does it matter as long as the work gets done? And why 
do we, I think we need to adjust like the way we see and we value people's time because mm-hmm. like, okay, what, what actually is the issue with people's hourly rates increasing if they can get their job done quicker? Mm. Like, you know, okay. Oh, you might save a little pocket change. Well, what does that do for society in the long term? If people are getting their jobs done faster, that means happier. The produ- they're happier. Productivity of your company is increasing. People have more time to go out into society and spend money and enjoy mm. themselves. But if you say, oh, you get your job done in four hours, well, I'm only paying you for four hours then, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like salary, hourly, whatever. If you're getting paid less because all of a sudden your job takes less time, I think that's that's a negative to society because yeah. like, I don't know, like that's the ultimate productivity. I think that's what we've all been going for like all this time since the industrial revolution is how to increase productivity. And here we have another form of technology that can do that. Yeah. But let's value people. And I think that's how we elevate society in a way mm-hmm. people become happier, yeah. more money. And I think, spent. yeah. And I gather two points from what you just said. I think that, you know, it's, it's great that the productivity is increasing. And I think inevitably we have to see it as a zero sum game when a new technology is being introduced because it's two completely different kind of mindset. It's either to use it as a complementary tool or to use it as the main workforce right. that's generating value. Sure, like of course on people online and the general narrative a lot of the time is that people are afraid that sure it increased productivity. Now you only work two hours for eight hours a job. How about you just don't work and let machine work 12 hours to get done? And I think that extreme mindset, it, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, and, but I, I think that is where the fear is coming from. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I, I don't think maybe in our lifetime or maybe it will be faster. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But at the moment, I think uh, to treat it as complementary will also be to treat technology as a complementary tool instead of worrying about it completely replacing us. But then again, I also think in like a human race, entire human race, I sometimes think that, oh, yeah, easy for us to say, because our job involves a lot of thinking, involves a lot of creativity, which is a higher level of, 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 um, I don't know how how to say a higher, higher level of like brain work. But for people whose job, whose livelihood depends on uh, maybe driving right? Like self-driving car, that one thing will eliminate everyone's job. So it makes sense why, why you're afraid. Um, so maybe it's easier for us to say, oh yeah, it's, we, we're not going to lose job anytime soon. But first of all, we never know how long it's going to take for them to replace me. And second of all, maybe because we're just not in a position. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I, I can see things from different like I can, I can see the fear, but I, I also think that sometimes we are overestimate how smart it is, to be honest. Yeah. Maybe I'm overestimate how smart I am. I don't know, but no. I, I don't think that, you know. I, I totally agree because like, it's not perfect. And I mm-hmm. hope it never becomes perfect, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like what even is yeah. perfect? But also 
like, I, I like what you're saying in the sense of it needs to be thought of as a complimentary. Like I see it, like when I work with chat GPT, when I work with AI, I see it as my assistant, like here's my assistant that I don't have to worry about being having like the tact of a manager or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about paying this assistant. I don't have to worry about exploiting this, this assistant because it's not even a person and I can get what I need from the power of an assistant without having one per se, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. make, which maximizes my time. But do I want like, overall, I think we need to use our creativity to be able to apply it to all different industries, because like, I can so clearly see how it fits into my industry, mm-hmm. but do I see exactly the clear path of how it fits into the medical industry, for example, or into like, I mean, all kinds of industries. And I think there are very creative, very useful ways that we can apply this technology to every single industry and elevate, um, the workforces in those industries in the sense, you know, like, so my, so I always think about this example. Um, anytime a new innovation comes along, that's pretty like earth shattering. And so my, my great grandfather on my dad's side, um, invented the, the canning machine, like where, like, tuna is like, it started with tuna, like tuna canning, where you put the tuna into a can. And it's like, cause before in the canneries, people would work in assembly lines and hand pack the tuna in each can. Well, he invented the machine that eliminated all those cannery workers. And so is it patterned? It's patent. Yeah. And like, so he started, I forget what year that was. Um, doesn't matter, but So anyways, he invented that and to expedite basically the production of canned goods. And, uh, it replaced a lot of people in the canneries, but then like those people could be elevated to like office positions and less dangerous jobs where they didn't have to be like losing a finger, you know what I mean? To a can or like, or having to deal with like, it's pretty nasty inside of a cannery, like smelly and, you know but it allowed people to elevate out of those jobs into higher positions. Like when that, when that was created, it wasn't like, Oh, all these people are out of jobs and they're on the street. Like that's okay. You can look at it that way, but that is, is that necessarily what happened? No, they ended up getting like different jobs that were at a higher level required more intellect than that job previously did. Mm -hmm. So like what, and I think you said that just, um, a few moments ago is just that, um, elevation of society in a way where you're yeah. taking people out of yeah. those dangerous, more dangerous. Yeah. Or like more like lower level, less intellect required, requiring jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, not that there's anything wrong with those jobs, but if we can, if we can, if we can elevate people out of those jobs and then teach those people how to be in charge of the machines that do those jobs for them or move those people to like, you know, that. Yes. Yes. I like that. And I think there's no better example than you actually experienced in a way, even though you weren't live, you didn't live through that time. But I think that's a very good, that's a very good example. And I think that is, that should be a direction that we work for because 
you know, like there's no other way. There's no going back. It's only going to move forward. That's right. Like the, you so, can't just pretend it. We can't just, you know, put it away and be like, oh yeah, never mind. Like we're just going to remove. <laughs> That's not how it works. Like it's, mm -hmm. there is no turning back. So we have to yeah. figure out how, how we're going to embrace it and do it in a way that is positive mm -hmm. and not a drawback or Great. hurts people, yeah. you know? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's really, I mean, again, this has just really come out of nowhere on um, this really came out of nowhere that I just wanted to talk about it because I think creativity is so fragile, but it was also so precious. And I don't want, uh, I don't want, I don't want that to be replaced. And I don't think it will yeah. be after having this conversation with you. And I just, again, just, I, I consider myself a very, um, I don't understand it, but I think I, um, there's a reason, like, I, I think I'm also like a little bit old school in, in, in a way, but I never, I have this like curiosity. Mm -hmm. I just want to know how it works and how far we can go with it. So, um, and I know that there's never, it's never good to just uh, go against how, how the history progresses um yeah. so yeah we are all learning can i can i tell you some fun ways that i've been using it that's outside of my like i've been yes. using it in some fun ways in my Absolutely. personal life like not my professional life so um obviously like if you have any like if you have any like always seek the advice, I need to say this because of what about I'm, I'm going to say next, like, you know, you always need to seek the advice of a medical professional. If you oh. have like serious oh, questions therapy? and things, no, this okay. is so for example, I signed up for a 10 K in October. I'm going to run a race. <gasps> I I'm really excited. I've never done a race. Uh, I've never race. done a 10 K race. I've only done five K's in my life. So I'm doing a longer distance. And I just wanted to like prove to myself that I can do something, um, and take my, take my endurance to the next level. Yeah. That was kind of my, my promise to myself after, after recovering from my injury that happened a year ago, I just wanted to be stronger and better than I was before. And so I signed up for this 10 K race and normally I'd be like, okay, like, I don't know what I'm doing for this race. I'm just gonna, you know, do some runs here and there and figure it out, not really have mm -hmm. like a direction or a plan, but mm -hmm. I use chat GPT to provide me with a training plan for the next oh, that's so good. eight weeks for a 10 K and it gave me a schedule of runs huh. of different types of runs that I need to do every single week for this many weeks the amount of time for each run, like whether it's a tempo run, where, whether it's a hit run, whether it's like stuff like that, like it's, it's incredible. It created a whole training map for me based off like the runs. I'm actually going to go back and ask it to add in, um, complimentary strength training to mm -hmm. go along with this, to like really balance it out. But for simple things like that, like, obviously, like if you really need to like have like, I always suggest that there's something more complicated or you have something going on. Definitely. That's why I had to say, like, you have to, you know, consult a medical professional with mm -hmm. different things. So you don't want to be replacing your doctor with AI. That is not what we're doing here. No. But when it comes to something simple, like 
needing a roadmap for training for a race. Like how cool is it that I can just ask so it that? Cool. And it gives me exactly what I need to do. Yeah. To, you know what I mean? Or at I least asked it, an idea of it. Yeah. Or at least an idea of it, like some sort of roadmap and like, you can always like take whatever it spits out and like shape it how you need to, but I've been following it and I'm getting faster oh, and wow. it's working and I'm feeling prepared for this race. And I've never really felt prepared for a race. When in my is life. it? When is the it's race? October 8th. Oh, so I'm really excited and we'll see how this goes, but I've been using a chat GPT training schedule for this race. Wow. That's so and cool. another thing I've been using it for is like meal prepping. Okay. Mm. So like the thing that I hate the most is especially if I'm cooking for like, or trying to meal prep for like large amounts of people, like family mm -hmm. vacation, for example, where you have to figure out like how much you need of certain ingredients for like 12 yeah. people. That's so complicated. Makes me want to like eat glass rather than yeah. anything. You know what I mean? Like I just, <laughs> I, I hate that kind of That's stuff. That's too real. Drives me nuts. Yeah. I don't know people who have a gift with that stuff. Like I praise you, like you, that's you just you. pure like, math. That's a, it, it's a superpower. It's like, yeah. I, yeah. So I went on wow, family vacation I was never thinking about that. That's amazing. Yeah. Like I went on family vacation, um, this past July. And so my family, like we divide up like different nights that we're cooking and I use chat GPT to provide me with like how many ingredients I need of this dish for this many people. Or I even went as far and said, please provide like another thing that I have to, that I have to work with is I have certain like dietary restrictions because mm -hmm. I have food sensitivities. So, um, I said, please provide me recipes that exclude these ingredients. Oh, that's great way. I should try that. I don't know. I can do that. So nice. Like, it's just like, thank you. Like, it's not just like professionally that I'm using. This. It saves like, so much time, so much researching insanity because yeah. I'm just like, you know, like, oh my God, like I don't, these things are the things that hurt my brain. Like yeah. figuring out like training schedules or like, you know, whatever. And I don't know. It's been kind of fun to work with it that way and see what it can do. You know what it's I mean? So much fun. Yeah. And like, yeah. I'm just random questions that like, oftentimes I see myself like turning to it when I want like a more exact answer. Like you can always Google things, but Google is like, still requires a lot of effort on my part to go like, mm -hmm. figure out which article to trust and do all that. But that leads me to a different interesting point is like the, like the role of AI in the age of misinformation mm -hmm. is kind mm -hmm. of scary. You know what mm, I mean? Mm, mm, mm. Because it's like these fun yeah. things we can use it for. But I think what we need to watch out for is using it as a source of truth because what is truth? Yeah. You never know. I mean, Google, if you, it's nothing better than Googling, uh, right. except that it only provides you with one answer. One that answer. sounds very legit. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, so, yeah. So that's that. You know, yeah. but that's really cool. I need to try the recipe thing. Yeah, just play around with it. It's so fun. Mm -hmm. Like anytime you're thinking about like something random and you're yeah. like hitting a wall, like it, just random things. It's like, yeah, you can just type it in there and see what it'll say. It's like, just, it's kind of fun. Like, yeah, I don't know. Recipes. No, I like, I mean, 
Wait, we should we should uh, ask what we should talk about. Like we should talk tell ChatGPT yeah. what we have been talking about, and then ask it what should we talk about. Oh my god, yeah, we should. I'll do that. Yeah, like, let's right do after that. This episode yeah, and be like, please sounds provide. good. And then for next week. Yeah, I'll be like, please provide like ten podcast episode topics for the Spark Podcast, which talks about um, X, Y, and Z. Yeah, we've know? been talking like, about what like ABC, and then ask. Okay, let's do yeah. that next week. I know. Let's see. Great. Yeah. Well, we'll come and see. That's the thing. That's why I think it's cool. It's like we can ask ChatGPT for like yeah. the topics for our episodes, but like it's still us and the. It episodes. can never. Yes. It's not it going to replace, replace us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time, and it's just I'm glad that we we ended on a very uplifting note. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun with it. Mm -hmm. I think just don't mm -hmm. let it like replace everything in your life. And we don't know you. what we're going to talk about next week. So I guess it will be a surprise. It'll be a surprise to all of us. Yes. We'll just, Great. We'll find out. We will find out. See ya. See ya. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to join in on the conversation. If you haven't already, please rate and review this podcast. You can also connect with us on Instagram at spark underscore podcast and Facebook at the spark podcast with Megan Amy, or send us an email at hellosparkpodcast at gmail.com. And wherever you may be listening from, we hope you have the courage to be the spark.